Welcome to the American Duchess Podcast. We want to give a shout out to Dandy Wellington for his generosity in letting us use his music, Greenhouse Stomp, in each episode. If you like his music, you can find Dandy on YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes, as well as jazzing up the streets of New York City almost every night. All right, now let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the American Duchess Podcast. I am Abby and I am in quarantine. It is week five of quarantine. That's right, you guys. I'm getting ready to start week six. And so this pandemic production is brought to you by uh, toilet paper. Anyways, um, (laughs) sorry, this is gonna be a very silly episode. We are talking to Dr. Sally Tuckett, uh, frankly, one of the loves of my life, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Reciprocated. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we are here to talk to Sally today about a really cool opportunity for people who are currently isolated and quarantined to help get their learn on, to help study fashion history and to learn some things and have a good time. Right, Sally? Absolutely. For those of you who are listening who might not know who you are, would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to us? Certainly. So, hi, everybody. Um, Oh, I just flipped the wire everywhere. Um, (laughs) Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Dr. Sally Tuckett, and I am a lecturer at the University of Glasgow in Scotland. So, this quarantine is extending around the globe, and I'm talking to you from my flat in Edinburgh. So, Sally, you are your head of the program, the Dress History program at the University of Glasgow, correct? Yep. That's right. How, yes. long so, been, how long have you been head? Um, I've been running that program since 2014. And the program itself has been at Glasgow since 2011. Yes, it was um, right after I graduated. Thank you very much. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. We saw what you wanted to do and we thought that looks good. Um, <laughs> we, we can make a whole program out of that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a year long master's program. So it's postgraduate. How long have you studied dress history? Okay, it's a bit of a weird one. I didn't really set out to become a dress historian. Nowadays, I think there are more people that are arriving on the scene that are like, I am a dress historian, that is what I shall be. And I was a bit more uh, accidental. So I studied history at university, probably what I would call like political history, more of the sort of sedate, slow stuff. Yeah. On this day, this document. For my master's degree. So after I finished my undergraduate, I decided I didn't want to stop studying. I love studying. I love history in general and studied Scottish history. And as part of that, one of the courses on that master's was about material culture. So stuff in general, things, the history Mm -hmm. of things and what that tells you about everybody else. Um, And that sort of segued into dress and clothing. So I kind of consider myself more of a social historian who just happens to use dress as the way in. So dress and textiles for me, I think are a really great way to understand the past. When you get into this field, there is, there's all this semantics around it and you can either be a dress historian or some people call themselves fashion historians. But so I would, I would go more on the side of dress history because mm-hmm. I think there's more to dress than just fashion. Yes. And semantics we can get into again. Yes, that's for another episode. <laughs> another we'll probably record next Friday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope everyone's ready. Um, excellent. That's that's fascinating because I, I think I knew that, or at least you told me that like many, many moons ago that you just kind of end up yeah. falling into to dress history. With this degree, with you being head of this program at the University of Glasgow, what you did, and this came out a couple years ago, I believe, is through an online website called Future Learn, which is kind of, it seems like it's like a British Skillshare or mm-hmm. Udemy or something like that, where you can take, or Coursera, you can take online courses that are taught by, you know, professionals and 
extremely experienced teachers or actual professors um, online. And so University of Glasgow did this course in collaboration with the historic royal palaces, mm -hmm. correct? And yes. you developed a course about royal fashion history. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so um, do, you guys call, do you guys call the MOOCs massive open online courses? No, but I like that. Yeah. That's yeah so that's so th th this course is a MOOC and yeah, FutureLearn is a learning platform that has all of these courses that are available, typically set up and run by universities, but often in collaboration with other institutions. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one of those examples. So historic royal palaces are the body that are in charge of, they take care of Kensington Palace, the Tower of London, uh, Hampton Court Palace, and there's another one in Northern Ireland and I can't remember what it's called, sorry. <laughs> we, we didn't go to that one. And so they're in charge of all these palaces and they also have a, a collection called the Royal Ceremonial Dress Collection. It's a fantastic body of clothing which is um, connected with either the royal family or court life and it goes back literally centuries. And so they were interested in developing something which would show people what this collection is like, because dress history, particularly if you're looking at surviving garments, isn't always accessible to the wider population because yeah. they're quite difficult to store. They've got to be kept in um, sort of controlled conditions. It's a, so a course like this is a great way for people to see what is in the collection mm -hmm. and to discover what dress history is and could be. They were looking for somebody that would want to create the course materials using the collection as the starting point and we got involved and so it became a collaboration between the University of Glasgow and Historic Royal Palaces. First ran in 2018 I think so this is now the, the second year. The sec sec yeah second year and we've run it this is the fourth time it's run. Excellent. And it's, it's currently open and running right now. I saw, I went yeah. to check yesterday. It seems like they opened it up when everything started to kind of go bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Glasgow, Glasgow has a lot of MOOCs available on lots of different stuff. So if your listeners are really interested in things like the history of Robert Burns, they have a fantastic Robert Burns one. Nice. Um, there's one about Scottish clans and clan history that's also running at the moment. It's got a little bit about tartan in there. So, you know, hello. are you in that one? That, yeah, I wrote the tartan bit. Yeah, yeah, um, but I'm not in the I'm not in any of the videos, so you wouldn't have to look at my my ugly mug for it. Um, but yes, when 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 the British lockdown happened, which was three weeks ago, um, the university made this conscious decision that we've got all this material and like people are going to be bored. Let's put it out there and yeah. just get people engaged. And That's awesome. we've been absolutely thrilled. So on Royal Fashion at the moment, we have over ten thousand people signed up. For Whoa. So thank God there are no essays to mark because otherwise I would never leave my house. <laughs> You'd be like, too much work, too much work. Yeah. We deliberately opened them up because we thought people are going to want something to do. And if dress history can offer anything, it's a decent distraction from the rest That's of the world. Very true. It's a wonderful escapism. It is, it is. That's amazing. So how does the course work? You have, I saw you have different topics and, and, and themes and things like what to expect if they were to so sign up for it. It's really easy. It's free to sign up. Absolutely free. The way it's broken down is it's arranged by week and this course runs for five weeks. It should take you five weeks to complete it, but some people finish it much quicker because they are just like devour all the information and it's like, oh, yeah. I'm done. Um, <laughs> but it's, so it's broken down by week. The idea being that each week you deal with a different theme and a different topic. And so we start with the Tudors and Henry VIII in week one. We then go to the Stuarts in week two. The Georgians in week three, the Victorians in week four, right up to the Windsors 
in week five. And each week has about between 15 and 20 different steps. And each step might be an article to read, a short video to watch. We have a few little activities in there. In week one, for example, there are instructions of how you might want to make a, a pseudo Tudor rough with a piece of ribbon. <laughs> and in week two, we ask people if they want to design their own um, mask costume, they can do that. So like the elaborate Stuart masks from the 17th century, nice. all fancy dress. So there's, there's different things in each week to do. There's a little quiz in some of them. The idea is you do it all at your own pace. So mm. if you read one article and you decide that's enough, had enough of that, you just put it aside, you turn off your computer, you walk away and you can come back at another time. You can even skip weeks if you want to, or skip steps. If you think, oh, menswear, dull, don't want to read about that. So we have some, mm. some learners who just jump they're not that bothered about the Tudors, so they jump straight to the Victorians and the Windsors because that's what they're interested in. So you can, you can dip in and out. Yeah. Um, but we, I would recommend starting from the beginning and working your way through because that's how we designed it to like, mm -hmm. so that you can see that there, there's a lot of continuity. They yes. may be 500 years apart, but a lot of what the royal family do today was being done by Henry VIII and Elizabeth I 500 years ago. Yes. So there's, there's similarities and differences. So even though it's technically like a buffet of fashion history, you can, you can go <laughs> up to the dessert table if that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. But to really experience the buffet in, in its glory of fashion history, uh -huh. you need to yeah. start with the appetizers, the bread, you know, and then work your way up through the main course. And then eventually you'll finish with the cheese plate. That is absolutely it. Or if you want to take it from the dress, dressing metaphor, you can't wear your ball gown unless you've got the right undergarments on. So you've got to put your, sh your shift on, then your stays, and then your hoop skirt, and then you yeah. put the gown on. Yes. yes, exactly. You've got to do all the layers first. You just course, excited by the buffet. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> this course is, is suitable for anyone. They don't have to have any experience or should they have some pre-existing knowledge or is it just what, what have you? No, there's whoever, whoever wants to do it can do it. There's no requirements. There's no, no age limits. Um, no age limits. Like it's, there's obviously, um, we've, we've aimed it at sort of secondary school level and upwards to high school and upwards because the activities are different. Like the, you could just watch a video. If you just wanted to watch the video, you could watch the video. Yeah. And then... Abby here from American Duchess. If you love what we do and want to be a part of the American Duchess community, consider becoming a patron over on our Patreon page. Our tiers include a wide variety of perks, including early access to podcasts and videos, coupons for shoes, a private Facebook group, and access to unique sewing patterns. We love our patrons, and we can't wait for you to join us. Now, back to the show. That, that's great to know, because I, I don't know how high schoolers would feel about this, you know, but I get messages, and, and American Duchess gets messages all the time from, I call them sweet bobbies, like bright young things, <laughs> you know, who are like, oh, I want to do this. 16 and I'm so excited what do I do what do I study I never thought about going here you can just take this free course on future learn and just hey. learn about the royal family it's a buffet so you'll get a taste of all the different time periods that you might find yourself interested or not interested in and then you can actually put step forward there do you even like this oh so yes if you're listening at yeah. home and you are a high schooler <laughs> take the course if you're a college student take the course if you're a bored millennial at home take the course anybody can take the grandma take the course everyone just take it big family thing it's great perfect that's 
awesome though. No, no, like seriously, because at least that gives younger people a chance to test something out without having yeah. to invest college credit, college time, money. It's like, yeah. no, you can just test yeah. it out first. See what you like. Because you might realize that you don't actually care about the history. You just like the pretty clothes. And that's fine. Yeah. And, and that's what, that, that, that's the idea of all of these open courses, these massive open online courses. You can dip in and out. It is a chance to see if you might want to take it further and each week we've got suggestions of further reading we point people to websites of online collections so you've got the vna online or the met like they've got fabulous stuff yes. um so if you want to explore further it's and a it's chance to learn <laughs> even better <laughs> thank you free copyright <laughs> that's incredible no that's a great idea oh i'm so excited by that i don't know why the realization that it's something that a teenager could do just like got me going but it's the kind of thing it's like anything if you've got any kind of interest in a topic and this is what I love about dress history in general because you don't necessarily have to be interested in the dresses themselves Mm -hmm. but if you're interested in the history you're going to learn about the history of what these people were doing through what they were wearing yes if you're interested in the royal family yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. literally putting yourself in their shoes Mm -hmm. and all that jazz and with this course in particular if uh, we get a lot of people that are just fascinated by the royal family and want to know more about the royal family so fair bit of history involved in all of that there's a bit because we have to give a bit of the the backstory and the context so each week we've got a timeline with key dates and that's like that's one of my um proudest bits of all of this because it was like we've got to have a timeline not everyone's going to know the british history but then i also we also put in so key dates like henry the eighth dies so-and-so exceeds the throne, but key fashion dates as well. So if we know that something important happened according to fashion, you can see what happened at the same time, like in the bigger picture. That's awesome. It's a bit of everything and it doesn't have to be whether you're, if, if it is just a slight interest in dress, then this is for you. If it's a slight interest in British history, this is for you. If it's the two together, then it's a double whammy. And yes. Yeah. On you go. That's awesome. Which segment's your favorite? Oh, okay. So I've got a favorite week. Oh, yes. favorite week, my favorite week is the Stuart. My historical background was the 17th century and 17th century Scotland in particular. I've got a real soft spot for the Stuarts because I think they're incredibly understudied in standard history and in dress history. I think the 17th century in general is it's wacky. people doing great stuff out there. Yeah, oh, the, the fashions are brilliant. The Mantua and also coming to the end of the century. So I think there's that, that's my favorite week because I've got the soft spot for the Stuarts. So we talk about Charles I, who, um, spoiler alert, sorry guys, um, got his head cut off. And there's a, there's a lovely story attached to the fact that, so he's, this is where I think it's so brilliant because not many people might want to know about Charles I in the first place, but he wasn't a particularly popular king, obviously, because he got his head chopped off. He's, I, I think he's misunderstood. And I think, I think that there's a lot of, there's a much bigger history to it, um, a much bigger story. When he was walking to the execution block, he, the story goes that he wore two shirts to stop himself from shivering because he didn't want to look weak in front of his people. He was, he was quite small. He, had, he wasn't a very imposing king. So we look at some of the portraits that are painted of him by Anthony Van Dyke, who's a mm-hmm. famous painter from the early 17th century and how Van Dyke uses certain techniques to create this kingly image of Charles and how dress may or may not play into that. And during that week, so as part of the course, we talked to curators of the historical palace, the palaces, and the people who were in charge of looking after these items. And it was one of my favorite items of all time, I think. Elary Lynn, who was the curator we talked to that week, she brought out a leather jerkin, which dates from the 1640s, so at the time of the English Civil War. And it's got a provenance that connects it to Charles I. Wow. So this is very rare in itself, 
um, the later you get, so the closer you get to our own timeline, the more chance you've got of finding a garment that's connected right. to a member of the royal family. But by the time you get back to Charles, very little actually survives. Provenance is always going to be questionable. You've got mm -hmm. to take it with a pinch of salt, but it's still a 1640s leather jerkin. Yes, and that in and of itself is valuable. It's amazing. And the craftsmanship involved in this, like the, the, the power that must have had to go through that needle to get mm -hmm. it stitched together is just, is just incredible. So all done by hand. But then out of the back of the jerkin, souvenir hunters at some point since that time have cut out tiny little bits of the back of it to keep to take away as memento. Wow. And it's a really bizarre bit that they've cut out. And it's just it's just incredible because it's mm -hmm. I think it shows the power of dress. We're not sure that this jerkin was ever worn by Charles, but somebody at some point was sure enough that they were like, I'll have a bit of that and <laughs> took it away took it away with them. Don't mind if I do. Yeah, yeah. So that for me was the favourite bit because it looks so compared to a lot of the courtly dress that we looked at, which is gorgeous. Like yeah. the embroidery on some of this stuff is just amazing. And this leather jerkin is so small and pretty unassuming. For me that was one of the most powerful bits. And also just because yeah, I love the Stuarts and the 17th century. That was the, yeah, that's the best week for me. Awesome. And you talk about tartan in that week too, don't you? You do a little Scottish history in that week? Um, that comes it... later with the Georgians. Okay. It's in the Georgians that you the, do the tartan. Yeah. That comes later with the Georgians because we talk, because then that's George the fourth, another great, he's probably not as misunderstood as Charles the <laughs> first, but he's, he's not as well studied as some of our other British Kings, but George the fourth is another great character. And he, um, so in 1822, he came up to Edinburgh and he wore Highland dress. So the kilt, the hose and a short jacket, he was decked out in all this finery, but he was quite a portly gentleman and apparently didn't, want to show off his legs so he wore flesh-coloured tights beneath his kilt and which caused all sorts of hilarity amongst the actual Scots who were like what's going on here and yeah he was part of a bigger movement which um, helped make tartan and highland dress a very popular fabric but again I think we can talk about that another yes, time we can talk about that another time I just yeah, he's, to, he's another great one he's another I wanted another to give you a chance one. to say like it's not just English we talk about Scottish dress and tartan because that's your expertise and yes that will come later yeah yeah not as much Scottish stuff as I would have liked because because it's driven by the palaces and the people yes. that were living in these palaces so until you get to the Georgian era and George the fourth and then Victoria obviously yes. who was who loved the Highlands and loved Scotland you don't really get much physical connection between the people that were living in these palaces and Scotland Charles the first only comes back once or twice I think and he doesn't really engage with mm. very much of it and George the fourth is when it really kicks off awesome okay so some silly questions now for you <laughs> excellent why not uh who was the best dressed royal in your opinion oh that's a good one who was the best dressed royal? I can go for any period, can I? Oh yeah, pick, take your pick. I feel like you should have prepared me for this. I'm going to give a lot of like dead air for this now. Sorry, I can cut all that dead air out. Best dressed royal. I think style-wise, because I, I, this is where semantics becoming part of it as well. Overall style, I think you've got to look to the 20th century and I think Princess Margaret just had amazing style like amazing mm. and I'm not a 20th century historian but I like you see those clothes and those pictures of her and she was just so glamorous but I, I think maybe her I think mm. I think she would maybe the best be the best dressed you never saw her in a state of undress no unless you watch the crown yeah. but that's different yeah I mean, great but different yeah <laughs> 
right, so yeah, I'll, I'm going to go Princess Margaret. I have to agree. She's oof. like when you read more about her, what a complicated woman. First yeah. off, and two, she always looked amazing, like fabulous, without fail. She did. She did, and she had. So she's really interesting because we we talk about the modern royals in the last week because she wasn't the queen. I think mm-hmm. that gave her more freedom for in terms of fashion and relationships yes. with designers. And we talk a lot about diplomatic dressing and the diplomatic dressing of the royal family. And we see this a lot today. Mm-hmm. If, if the royals go on tour, they try and wear colours that are appropriate to that nation or they wear yes. designers that are linked to where they're going to. The Queen herself often typically wears British designers. But Princess Margaret was very much like, didn't really have to play by those rules. So she's all the Dior and yes. fabulous haute couture. It's just, yeah, she's great. Who's the worst dressed? I think that's going to have to be Queen Victoria. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Is it just because you're not a fan of of the very long Victorian era, or or is it like like like, post Albert's passing, like Albert's passing, like post Albert? I don't want to belittle her motions in any way, shape, or form, but I think the image the image we have of she's just little. <laughs> she was tiny. She was tiny. The popular perception mm-hmm. of the 19th century is so much ingrained by that dour image of her in the black and white photo, not smiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there are so many images of that, and because she's in the widow's weeds the entire time, I think that really does that gives a certain perception of Britain in the yeah. 19th century. And it's it's changing all the time. More and more information is coming around. I don't know if you saw that, but British Pathé released a clip and it was from 1900 or 1901. So just before Victoria dies. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a very short film clip of her in a carriage and she's smiling. No. And it's so, it's, it's so bizarre. I'll, I'll look it up and I'll send you the link. But okay, cool. It, it's so bizarre because she's smiling and I have never seen her smile before. Yes. It, and it's just, it's, it's quite, it's, it's a completely different perception of it. But I do think like, all that black, come on. You had like, you lived yeah. through the age of synthetic dyes, aniline dyes, all the bright colors, all the technology that is at your disposal. And you go with black. At, at the same time, all power to her because, you know, she stuck to it. And it yeah, you know. she committed. So sorry, Victoria. Sorry. That's, I mean, like, it's fair, though. It's, it gets dress is all subjective, anyway. <laughs> yes, that's, that's why I'm like, oh, what's your opinion? Tell me. People can sign up for this course right now. Do you know when the course will stop open enrollment? Does it, is it going to be tied into, like, quarantine and everything being shut down? Or is it just kind of going to be open flow now? It, no- it normally goes for about a month after we've stopped actually contributing comments and stuff to it. Um, at the moment, Ellery Lynn, the curator, and I are going in and dipping it out and making comments and asking questions and trying to answer questions where we can. But the course itself stays open, and so you can dip in and out, and you can go back, and you can start again. Okay. And... All right. Well, thank you, Sally, for joining us. And I will... Well, we'll be back here soon because we have other episodes planned because when there's a pandemic, why not? Talk about time. Yeah, let's talk about tartan. But so we will see you again on this uh, podcast, Sally, in the very, very near future. But for now, thank you very much. Thank you for joining thank you me. For I'm glad, me. Yeah, I'm glad the class and the course is going well. And everyone listening at home, feel free to go sign up. The link to the course will be in the description, whether you're listening to your podcast, this on a podcast or you're watching us on YouTube, the link will be in the description below. So click on that, get signed up, learn all about royal fashion. I'm going to sign up simply because I want to go look at this, this leather jerkin. <laughs> I'm just going to go through the videos and be like, I want to see the goods. Show me the goods. (laughs) (laughs) And I will see you all 
next week, in two weeks, in the near future. Bye! Thanks for listening to this episode of the American Duchess Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you didn't already know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, All American Duchess. Our blog is blog.americanduchess.com, and our website is www.americanduchess.com. You'll find the links to all of these in the description below, including links to our guests' website and social media. Until next time!